Welcome to Intersections, the RIT podcast. While the term sustainability has many definitions, its goal is singularly critical. The world needs to achieve ecological balance. Today, Nabil Nasser, Associate Provost working in the area of natural resource management worldwide, and Enid Cardinal, Senior Sustainability Advisor, discuss what's happening on campus, across the nation, and around the world to safeguard our environment. So I started at RIT seven and a half years ago uh, in my sustainability role, but you have been at this a lot longer, and I think you've been at it before it was actually really even a, a common term. How, how did you get started, and how did you build the program that you have today? The beginning of the work that we've been doing at RIT related to sustainability uh, go back to uh, early uh, 90s. We focus on our research on the industrial sector. And a lot of things that we did at the time uh, led to the realization there is so much waste generated from the product that we make. There is also some uh, footprint for a lot of the production type processes that we, uh, we use to make this product. A lot of the assessment of what we do in the industrial sector led us to think that there is better ways uh, to make things uh, to make product and, and to integrate uh, the, uh, the environmental consideration into manufacturing and from the early stages. So that started a lot of research at RIT in this area. One of the areas that we started with was, uh, you know, what we call it product end of life, uh, when we stop using the product. And one of the processes that we uh, thought would be very helpful in this area that were done in a limited way was the remanufacturing processes where we take product at the end of life and bring it back to like new condition. We also uh, looked into recycling processes and many other processes where we can take some of the value uh, embedded in this product and make sure that directed back into useful uh, applications. So we became um, well known in the area of remanufacturing and recycling and, and resource recovery. Uh, that work has continued for years at RIT, and we have grown in our research in this area uh, from doing limited work uh, locally to uh, doing work nationally to now doing a lot of this work also at the international level. Since you've started, Nabil, with this, this field of remanufacturing that you've almost kind of designed and, and, and really been at the forefront of, it's really turned into this conversation around circular economy. And I was wondering if you could speak a little bit to what the circular economy concept is and the work you've been doing with the Alan MacArthur Foundation and the United Nations World Environment Program. Sure. So the model that were uh, used in the industrial sectors uh, from the beginning of the Industrial Revolution is the, the, they call it the linear model, where we actually extracted resources from Earth, uh, we made product, we consumed the product, and at the end of life, those products ended up going into the waste stream. The circular model, or the circular economy, as, as uh, we call it, it ensures that we are looking into the resources that we're consuming to make this product, ensuring that we bring it back to put it back into the, the, the use uh, in other application and not ending up in the waste stream. So through recycling, through remanufacturing, through many other processes. And in a way, it, it promotes this concept of accountability of everything we make and bring it back and ensure that it's dealt with properly. Uh, if uh, some of it go to recycling, some of it go to remanufacturing, make other product, 
then as a society we're benefiting economically, benefiting environmentally, benefiting from uh, less emission and less extraction. So circular economy is a concept that actually call for that closed loop system that allow us uh, to do this. Uh, the work that we've done at RIT in remanufacturing, we were really uh, one of the first in the world to actually to study remanufacturing, uh, look at the engineering side of it, look at the application of remanufacturing, partner with the industry, uh, develop new initiatives, uh, advance the technology in the field through a lot of the work that we've done for over 25 years uh, now. Uh, so, so we've been well known uh, in this area as developers, as researchers, as, as also promoter of these processes in the circular economy. Uh, we're doing that worldwide. The circular economy has gained a lot of attention at the global level, and a lot of our work has helped to shed light on the value of this work and, and also how it can be done. Nabil, just following up on that, uh, last year, earlier this year, you released a report with a former graduate student, Jennifer Russell, um, for the United Nations on the circular economy. I was wondering if you could talk about some of the key findings for that report and kind of future implications for it. How do we guide a lot of a lot of applications of the circular economy, a lot of interest in the circular economy, with some solid data, to realize how um, beneficial some of the uh, different approaches can be to uh, different economies, uh, from a from a environmental point of view, from a material consumption point of view, from many other aspects that that were a lot of interested in quantifying, uh, just to make sure that we help in the acceleration of the application of the circular economy in many nations. And we do this in collaboration with different government uh, officials who actually help uh, uh, guide uh, the work in terms of identifying what is needed and what question we need to answer for them. So the study took three, three years, and we studied the different application of this kind of processes, we call it the circular or value retention processes, uh, which are the processes like remanufacturing, uh, reuse, and refurbishment. And we did that in the US, uh, Germany, uh, China, and Brazil. So two developing countries and two uh, developed countries. And the goal of the study was to really quantify that value of the different, uh, different processes, understand the barriers that exist today in different countries uh, to the application of the circular economy. And we did a lot of modeling to see what happened actually if these barriers were eliminated, uh, reduced, or changed. And that was kind of the, the goal of the study, is to provide a clear guidance to policymakers to understand the potential value of implementation of different policies and what happened if, if the barriers were eliminated. One of the things that really, I think, excites me about the work that you do and then kind of the connection that I see on campus is there's a lot of different perspectives out there on what we should and should not be doing and why and what motivates people. And, and a lot of the work that you do really focuses on the business case for it from a dollars and cents perspective as, a, as well as a materials perspective. But when you can make that business case, there's also 
the downstream effects that have social implications as well on communities when you look at resource extraction. If you can reduce that, you can also improve potential social circumstances, which is something that I think really appeals to young people today. I think that's really where we see a lot of our student interest coming in is really the social implications as well. So it's exciting to be able to see those kind of connections be made here and be able to advance the conversation and make sure we can speak everyone's language to get in the right direction. So Enid, the work that you have done uh, uh, has had major impact on, on the students here at RIT. Uh, it seems uh, like the, the involvement of the students has been tremendous in the activities that you're doing, the initiatives that you have carried out. Uh, their input has been terrific in guiding the work uh, that you have been doing. Uh, how do you do that? How do you get the students so involved, interested, and give us some examples of some of the projects that you've done and how, how did they work with, uh, with, with the students that we have here at the university? So I would say from a work perspective, it hasn't been hard. Students uh, are really interested in the subject. So this is really a hot topic for young people. It's, it's interesting. I was reading a report earlier today uh, from the World Economic Forum, and 90% of, of the young people that were surveyed in there said that climate change was and environmental issues were their biggest concerns above terrorism, above other things. So it's really a hot topic for young people, and I think they're really mindful of this issue. So we've had a lot of engagement around sustainability uh, programming on campus. Uh, one of one of our biggest and best examples is, is our, our move out collection program, which we affectionately call Goodbye Goodbye. Essentially, when our students move out, uh, they discard a lot of usable items. Hundreds of volunteers, student volunteers, some community members, alums come to campus and help us collect those materials, sort those materials, and then have a huge sale for incoming students so that they can buy used items instead of having to go out and buy new items, and that includes furniture, electronics, clothing, office supplies, school supplies, all that good stuff. Um, and one of the other big things that they discard is food, which is heartbreaking when you think about the amount of food waste we have and some of the disparities we have in, in, in our Rochester community. So any non-perishable food item that's captured during that move-out collection program, which is over 4,000 pounds a year, goes to our Food Share Center, which was another program that really was uh, started in partnership with students to establish basically an on-campus pantry, if you will, but we don't require evidence of need. So we've heard a lot about food insecurity among college students around the U.S., and RIT was one of, one of the early movers in trying to address this, and it's been a really impressive collaborative collaborative program that some, some of our food vendors have contributed to, departments adopt, but a large chunk of the food that is stocking those shelves for the at least a quarter of the year comes from our Move Out Collection program. So it's really the students giving back to future students, which is a great story. We also have our, our food recovery program, which interestingly started from a student doing a co-op in Golisano Institute for Sustainability, looking at food waste issues, and then said, hey, what's RIT doing about this? And so from that young man, um, we established a food recovery program within our dining units. So any excess uh, prepared food that hadn't been served now gets saved, frozen, and then distributed to area meal centers throughout the community. And that's been student-run. It's a club now, um, and that's been that's been going for since 2012 when that young man came to my office. I think one of the really exciting things about RIT in particular, and I've worked in, in other schools, is how um, 
hands-on students are and how solution-driven they are, they're typically not coming to my office saying, you know what you need to fix? It's, you know what I see? I want to work on this, or I have this idea. So it's one of the best parts of my jobs is helping students realize the vision that they have and helping them start a program. And, and, I, and I've seen it the whole spectrum, and I look forward every year to see what new uh, idea students are going to bring forward. Thanks for listening to Intersections, the RIT podcast, a production of RIT Marketing and Communications. To learn more about our university, go to www.rit.edu. To hear more podcasts, find us on iTunes, TuneIn, or visit us at www.soundcloud.com slash rittigers.